This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. An explanation for nude swimming in high school. A plastic surgery mishap that you'll never believe. Sean Spicer's sex appeal. A scout for the Cubs who missed the big one. And Rick's brush with Jack Brickhouse. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another episode of Minutia Men with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. And, and Dave, a special day for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah special day. It's one. Yeah. It's my, um, it's my uh, 54th. Trip birthday. around the sun? Is it's that what birth- we do? It's your birthday. Happy yeah, birthday, little Davey. Oh, thank you. Um, what, what are your What are your kids going to do for you? Oh, so far it has been unbelievable. They have really gone the extra mile. Um, I was awoken by a harpist, harpsichord. Really? Yeah, Michelle mm-hmm. uh, from the from the symphony, Chicago Symphony. They okay. she rented a harp. It had a harp, harp, harpist. Is it a harpist? Now you know a harp and a harpsichord are two completely different things. <laughs> I guess I did. Harpsichord. What is that? A small harp. What's harpsichord, a harpsichord is like a piano, uh, <laughs> and a harp. Okay. And a harp is much different than that. <laughs> okay. I, so you know what? Yeah, I'm I, calling BS on you, you liar. <laughs> okay, because I because they were dressed like an angel, a cherub, when they were playing the harp. Do you uh, ever do you ever do what I do on my birthday, which is not say anything just to see if anybody says anything in the, in yeah. the family? Uh, I um I think my wife wished me a happy birthday, and one of the twins did. The oldest did not. Yeah. And one of the twins did not. Although, in their defense, I mean they they gave me you know a breakfast buffet in bed. Did so they, they really? No. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> No, they didn't do shit yet. Um, but no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I don't like birthdays. I'm not a birthday guy. Are you a birthday guy? I'm not really, no. And that's why I don't really care if they, if they do anything or not. Um, I did find bad news this morning because Michelle mentioned to me, oh, did you ever get your license renewed? Like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot Ruh-roh. to do it. So my, li- my license expires today. So do I have to get it? I mean, I could do it tomorrow. They're not going to find me, right? I would do it today. Really? Yeah. What if they make oh, you retake all the tests and stuff? Could you even pass? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you couldn't pass, but I could pass. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right, fine. See, that's my uh, big fear. <laughs> What's that right. sign mean? I have no idea. You're right. right. Uh, um, yeah, so I guess I'm going to have to do that. I did. That was kind of a bummer. I mean, I... It's not like I was going to just waste the day anyways. I'm going downtown for a business meeting at around 1.30. Um, and I guess I could just stay down there. You can get your license renewed downtown, right? Yeah, they've I'm got sure. It. I'm sure there's some oh. facilities oh. down there. Can't I just mail it in like I do with life? Yeah. Can I? <laughs> I don't think you can, unfortunately. Uh, but speaking of mailing it in, yeah. Um, we have a new feature that we're going to start this week, mm-hmm. and this is uh, our Minutia Men prize package, right? We're going to expose value our prize package to you. 
Right. Valued up to $25 in retail value. And how can people win this? Well, it's a Twitter-based sweepstakes, Rick. Okay. So what you have it's to do is It's not actually a sweepstakes, have... I think. We have to oh, okay. say that. Oh, like, it's a contest. Sweepstakes, sweepstakes has an actual definition. Okay. Well, it's a contest. Can I say contest? Yes, it's yeah. a contest. It's a Twitter-based contest, and what you have to do is you have to retweet one of our t- tweets that we say, you know, what our episode is when we when we tweet this our episode, episode. For this episode. Right. You have to retweet it to all your followers, and I will randomly pick one of them or one of the people. Not your followers, uh, the person that retweets. Right. Exactly. Right. One of the retweeters. I will randomly um, pick one of them, and you will receive a prize package worth up to $25. Now, the only kind of bad thing is, is you have to provide me with your mailing address. And if you think that's creepy, then just don't enter. Yeah. Right. But yeah. That, so that's fine. Uh, but yes, that's starting this week. So okay. please retweet. So um, before we even get into minutia, you know, right now you should be going, you know what? I'm going to retweet this right now. Yeah. That's well, the episode isn't on online. Yet. Okay. Yeah, I know it's not online yet, but when they're listening to it, it will be. Oh, good point. It's not online now because we're just the ones listening to it. Good point. See, that's why you were in radio for yeah, all those years. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a long-term thinker. Um, yes. Tweet immediately. Stop the record. Well, can, you retw- can you tweet it while you're listening? You yes, can do that, absolutely. right? Okay. Absolutely. In all fact, right. you'll, uh, you'll, you'll get some minutia while you're retweeting minutia, man. So, Dave, what kind of – wait, I've got some audio, and then we get started. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. So, Dave, what would you like to share with our uh, our well, retweeting Rick, listeners? Well, I did not know you in high school. Um, I assume that our high school experiences were probably pretty similar, right? I would um, think so, yeah. Our lockers probably filled with allergy medicine, yeah. right? <laughs> and ourselves and, yeah, uh, and right, our bodies. Exactly. Right. When the bullies let me out came out, here. Out here. right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, we probably may have avoided the bigger kids when we can, right, or when is we it, were able to. I would think that that is a pretty common thing. Yes, we had some lunches alone. Probably, I would assume, right? Yeah. You know, when you're this is you're really conjuring up some painful memories here. Uh, well, one painful memory that I have that you don't have, and we've talked about this before, maybe even on this podcast, is that I had to swim naked in high school <laughs> during swimming class. Which okay. I have always considered one of the weirdest things ever. Absolutely weird. Um, and I, ironically, I was at my high school this morning because uh, the restraining order actually has a response. <laughs> Uh, no, my daughter goes to Lane Tech. My lovely daughter, Lila, goes to Lane Tech. And we had a parent-teacher meeting this morning. Um, so, I, you know, all those feelings were conjured up as I was walking through the hallowed halls. Yeah. Um, but yesterday on Facebook, I saw that um, NPR, or WBEZ, the national public radio station here in Chicago, posted a history of naked swimming. Did Finally, this? no. This is, so, uh, answers to the questions. There are. I have answers to the question. Um, it's bearing it all why boys swam naked at Chicago high schools. Okay. Right. Um, and it was just the boys, wasn't it? It was just the boys. Um, and actually, the girls ruined naked swimming for the boys because title was a title nine, I think. Yeah. Is that why but, it stopped? 
Yeah, it's that's the only it, reason it stopped. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe some other reasons in the um, late seventies or early. But yeah, that was the. It, 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 by the time that they phased it out, like Lane did it up to like 1979 or 1980. I started there in 77. So the 77 and 78 year were naked, were, were prime naked swimming years. Jeez, okay. It's um, just so disturbing on so many levels. Well, you know why they, I saw this article, which is um, written by great article it's actually a little longer than i wanted because i don't like reading uh, <laughs> can i Michael, have bullet points please yes i'm donald trump you just got to mention my name in the bullet points and uh, i'll read it quick michael san philip filippio um filippo no filippio um wrote this article and here are the reasons why and it's actually quite interesting um it started in the 1920s and the water filtration systems in swimming pools weren't very good, as you can imagine, in the 20s. So somebody (laughs) decided that, wow, if we let boys swim with their trunks on, the dyes from the trunk and the dirt from the trunks, if the trunks are not clean, will clog up our filters. Let alone it's fine for them to, to, to swim naked. You know, with anything that possibly might fall off their bodies, that's fine. <laughs> that's no problem. But because of the dyes of the garments, they were concerned that it was going to muck up the um, filtration system. Okay. And then there's another reason. During the Depression in the you know late 20s and the 30s, not everybody could afford a swimming trunk. Uh, yeah, this this sounds like a very suspicious story to me. We're doing this for the poor kids. <laughs> uh, so as I was, you know, as I was reading the story, I very much, I mean, I, 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 you know how my parents never talk. I don't know if your parents, they didn't really talk about their childhood growing up in Germany. You know, like in the thirties. Yeah. Did your parents? You know, they kind of repressed it. This was my Germany. You know, I repressed this. I really. I haven't talked a lot about this, but I started thinking about this and some of the some of the even weirder things that are ancillary to this. Like I remember that when I took swimming, it was first period. Okay, (laughs) okay, and it was in the winter, so I would you know I would trudge to school, take a bus and a train. You know what all inner city kids did Um, in the dead of winter, you know, freezing weather, and then the first thing I had to do is go to swim, swimming class, naked. <laughs> so weird. It's so uh, weird. Uh, second of all, I had to wear a swim cap. Yeah, I, I remember you telling me that. Now, that that makes no sense at all. Yeah, um, and there were upperclassmen that would stand by the door or stand by the yeah the door out of the locker room that would check you to see if you were clean okay this is so <laughs> creepy right and th- by rubbing like the the crease in your elbow to see if any dirt came off all right so you, this is for real oh it is it's actually in this article as well um so basically we cracked the code it's like okay i'm just gonna clean my elbows and everything's gonna be fine well, at least it was your elbows <laughs> right well right um and um, and a lot of those upperclassmen turned to a career in the performing arts, I'm sure, right? 
But, I mean, uh, how, many, how many people, as you were standing on the uh, platform, about to jump in? You know, like, hey, it's cold. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or when you come out, hey, you know, shrinkage. Right, right. Well, yeah, I, I don't think I saw my testicles in the seventies actually until yeah. probably till about nineteen eighty, I think. Um, and I remember vividly just standing in line, or you know, standing on the edge of the pool. Everybody staring at the ceiling. You know, yeah. Um, I knew every crack and crevice of the ceiling, Rick, not yeah. of my classmates, um, of the, you know, of the ceiling because we didn't want to, you know, make, con- you know, eye contact. So, okay, with- I, I get the whole, uh, the dye, the dyes may, you know, mm-hmm. get into the pool in the 1920s, but yeah, by, right. say, like the 1960s, yeah. oh, I get there it. were no uh, issues with that. And I, I know I was alive in the '60s. Our <laughs> swimming suits did not bleed. Uh, and another thing is, my mother knew this was going on. All the other parents knew it was going on, and they didn't say anything. Nobody said anything. It's like you know what? This is the way it's been done for 50 years. Be a man and swim naked with your buddies. Yeah, that's not being a man. <laughs> right, right, right. Because if you would have been the guy who complained, you would have been like the pansy. Really? I think. I don't know. I Yeah. I mean. You don't uh, know because you never complained. Right. Exactly. It was, I was following orders, Rick. You swim naked. <laughs> you always got to go back to the following <laughs> orders thing. Uh, you know, and so, so, but this, if you go on my Facebook feed and you know what, I'll, I'll even post it on our Twitter at Minutia Men. Um, it's a good article about why we had naked swimming well that's I, I thank you for sharing that because i have always wanted to know the answer to that and and now we do and that's the kind of minutiae that we provide for our listeners so you know that adrian's med yes from my high school he swam naked so did johnny weissmuller johnny weissmuller tarzan yeah he swam naked exactly who else um, went there who else are our techies uh Dan Rostenkowski, was he? Dan Rostenkowski, okay. All right, visual. <laughs> mistake. I've got yeah, a he visual. Was yeah, he was naked swimming. Uh, what famous people did, went to your high school, anyway? Dave Kingman. Okay. I went to Prospect High famous. School. Yeah. yeah did I tell you that, uh, so I had to give a speech at Prospect last week uh, for career night, you know, how to become an author. And in the first class, there were three kids there. You know, which, you know, you're like doing a 25-minute speech to three people. Good times. Yeah. And then the second uh, class, it was a, it was a, a full class. But uh, um, as I was walking through the halls, I noticed they've got like this wall of fame of uh, distinguished alumni. And I'm going to share some things now. Yeah. About How's some- your picture? How was well, no. did they take did they have hey, a good no. picture there's of you no, up there? There's no Rick Kemper on the wall. <laughs> I only went to, to Prospect High School for one year. I'm sure that's the only reason <laughs> that I'm not up there. But I did have two classmates up there. And I'm not gonna say their names. <laughs> but and I, I knew them both. I knew them both pretty well. Uh one of them, um let's just say uh, I've seen her uh imbibing in illegal substances <laughs> okay okay all right sure and the That's other not one the reason why she was on the hall of fame i would assume right? no no right. no no she's quite distinguished and you know we all are well you know oh, yeah. a, as grown-ups 
uh, you know, you can't be judged for what you did when you were 18. Uh, but the other one uh, came up to me at the 20th anniversary of our uh, school. That was about and 20 years ago. It was not. It was, uh, wow, that was like 16 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and she uh, she came up to me and she said, how do you like my new tits? <laughs> there she is on the wall. And you didn't make the wall. And I didn't make the wall. Well, you know what? Now we know how to make the wall. A little plastic <laughs> surgery. Okay. Right? All right. So you've you've done a nice little segue here because my, my next segment is about a plastic surgery story gone wrong. And this is, it can't go much worse than this. Um, this is a about a reality TV star in um, Australia who's actually Serbian. He's a Serbian guy. Uh, his name is Nevin Sigjanovic. And he that's a cool name. It that's, is. That's actually a pretty cool name. Yeah, it, and I think I pronounced it correctly. He flew to Iran to have an operation to fix a crooked nose. Now, he is a plastic surgery addict, right? He's had okay. tons of them. He's 45 years old. Um, and, but after he got back from his his uh, nose job, he found that he had a erection that wouldn't go away. <laughs> I'm not. This is not. I'm not making this up. Um, I was in Iran for rhinoplasty for a documentary film. Uh, we did the surgery, um, but afterwards, I had uh, long and painful erections. They gave me anesthesia, and apparently, I reacted badly to it. Now, that's really reacting badly to it. <laughs> you know, it's like you ever. Uh you know, the, the fix like the garbage disposal. You turn it on and like the water faucet goes on, you know, when you screw up. <laughs> yes, like exactly. Home that, that's kind of what it was like. Uh, he said during his plastic surgery, doctors diagnosed him with a rare condition, preopism, a condition where men suffer painful erections that last for several hours. It's not necessarily related to sexual stimulation or excitement, and it won't disappear after orgasm. Um, and as we all know, if an erection lasts longer than four hours, you, <laughs> you have to call a doctor, right? Because right? permanent uh, damage can be caused. You know, whenever I used to, whenever I see those ads, you know, for whatever Cialis, and they say, you know, if your election you know lasts for four hours, you know, call a doctor. I'm not calling a doctor. I'm calling CNN. Or <laughs> <laughs> it could be like um, uh, Nivan Sigjanovic. <laughs> Who, who who called Australian television and had them <laughs> come over and record him? That, that man is a PR genius. He is, right? You know, you know, he's like, ah, it's a painful erection, ladies, that never goes away. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> what what am I gonna do with this? I guess I got some nails to hammer, or you could come on over. Uh, ladies right. and gentlemen, the pocket rocket. Thank you very much. <laughs> The raging salmon, the purple homewrecker, or or, uh, or or a saluting sailor Ned, custard slinger, the jerkin gherkin, and my favorite one, Spurt Reynolds. So anyway, there you go. That's uh, that's this week's uh, erection story. I mean, plastic, plastic surgery. surgery story. Plastic surgery yeah. story. Uh, um, I got something. Should we tell people how to uh, listen to us? Would that be a good thing to do? I think so. Okay. Uh, um, you can subscribe to us. Uh, go on the Radio Misfits 
uh, podcast network website, which is radiomisfits.com. You can go on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Tuned In, Stitcher, um, and you can um, subscribe to us. And don't forget to share our episodes to win valuable prizes. Yes, and we will give you the full salute. So uh, I got something. Lay it on me. Sean Spicer. Yes. Remember Sean Spicer? Of course. Spicy. Spicy. Um, and have you seen that he's been boasting that he's really popular in Ireland? Have you seen this? <laughs> no. Yeah. He's, I've, I, this is actually a side to the show. This just, just, uh, if you if you want to learn something about my reading habits, I see Sean Spicer in a in <laughs> yeah. headline. I'm not reading any further. <laughs> Right. But if you saw Naked Swimming, yeah. you got the whole article on here. Exactly. Or Sustained Direction, you're there. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, well, Sean Spicer, evidently, he's been boasting about his popularity overseas and especially in Ireland. This is not the article that I'm reading. Uh, but according to Politico, they did a celebrity popularity poll with, I guess, everybody, like every celebrity. Or I don't know. They must have had multiple choice of celebrities. Sure. Um, and you had an e-score which is basically your score on how popular you are with um, on different you know metrics. Sixty-four um, percent of respondents thought that Sean Spicer or had a negative opinion of Sean Spicer. Which you know what? Quite frankly, that's a little that's, low. Yeah, I mean, come on. I think there's easily sixty-four percent that would have a negative opinion of us, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he has a twenty-nine percent awareness rating, which actually I think is pretty low too yeah that's really low um his aggressive store his aggressiveness score was 28 which i think which is why they love him in ireland (laughs) (laughs) good point uh his insincerity rating was 29 okay okay um his creepy rating people that thought he was creepy (laughs) was 27 percent okay okay you know i thought that'd be a little higher yeah but there's one metric that he scored zero on do you know what that was um i have no idea sexy really literally literally this poll showed that nobody thinks sean spicer is sexy and quite frankly isn't he married yeah i think he's married but he's no better or worse looking than us i think right well i think didn't we already know that we're zero on the sexy scale i was hoping for a one or a two (laughs) you know that our sense of humor might I think needle, if we stood up, a little bit. if we stood up next to Sean Spicer, we might get like a two or a three. <laughs> okay, but just just randomly, no, you don't think so? No, uh, no. Well, there you have it. Sean Spicy or Spicy is literally a zero. Creepy, uh, aggressive. Yeah, aggressive, but not sexy. <laughs> but not sexy, exactly. And very popular in Ireland. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, it's time for our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So I uh, dug in. By the way, right now <clears throat> there's a uh, big Cleveland Indians winning streak. Have you heard about this? 19 in a row. 19 in a row. And if you want to go to justonebadcentury.com, you can read about the record streak, which is 21 games, that was set by the Cubs mm. in 1935. And I have gone through all of those games and explained it to you. So, again, a good use of my time. Uh, also, I'm sure a lot of you were celebrating uh, Marty Krug's birthday this week. And for the one or two of you that don't know who Marty is, 
Well, Marty was a German immigrant who came to this country as a child. Uh, he was born in 1888. He was so a pretty- he was a dreamer. He was a dreamer. <laughs> yeah, he was a dreamer, exactly. Uh, he was a pretty good hitter, uh, but he was such a bad fielder that it kept him out of the big leagues for most of his career. He came up for a cup of coffee in 1912 and then didn't return for an entire decade. Really? Yeah. And the Cubs gave him the Cubs gave him lots of playing time in 1922 because they were horrible. <laughs> he hadn't think about this: a guy who hadn't played in the major leagues for ten years, and the Cubs call him up and he plays, you know, 127 games and commits 21 errors, third worst in the league. Anyway, after his career was over, the Cubs made him a scout, and he was considered a good scout. But uh, there was one slightly big name that he went to scout and came back and told the Cubs, yeah, this guy can't hit. Would that be Babe Ruth, maybe? No, Ted Williams. Oh, Ted okay. Williams. <laughs> Famously, maybe one of the greatest hitters of all time. <laughs> did um, Did you ever hear the story about Ted Williams? What That he actually saw the ball hit his bat when yeah. he swung the that is how great his eye was and he even said that he could smell like when the ball hit when he knows when he knew that he hit the ball really good was because of the smell he could actually smell i don't know is it like the wood maybe burning a little bit i don't know whatever the friction on the wow. wood that that he could yeah but i mean when you played baseball and you played i mean you were <laughs> oh. semi-pro please um have you have, did you do you ever see the ball hit your bat? No, no, right? no. You just swing your bat and you're, you hope that it hits it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he actually sees the ball hit the bat. Wow. Well, he's not seeing it now. Well, you know but, who couldn't um, see that? Marty Krug. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, is this week's Just One Bad Century. We have time for one more feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name, and I have to um, tell the story of when I met that uh, celebrity. Uh, Jack Brickhouse. All right. You know what, Dave? This could be the the only story in that uh, in that bin there that predates our knowing each other. Oh, so this is good. this is this is right around the time of the end of naked swimming. Then. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. While you were swimming naked, <laughs> I was attending German soccer banquets. And uh, which I still do, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, one year, how many soccer? Not to interrupt. Yeah. How many soccer banquets do you think you've been into? Um, three hundred. Uh, I'd say about a hundred. About a hundred. Not too bad. <laughs> They're all exactly the same, um, except for one year, where you know we always had. We went to this thing called the. Uh, the Sepp Herberger uh, uh, banquet, which in the 1960s and 70s and early 80s was uh, the biggest ball of the year for uh, soccer in the German community. We had seven soccer clubs in in uh, Chicago, and there was a banquet to honor all the best of the best of the German soccer players in Chicago. When did it start? Like at 8 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night? 
Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And all the Germans got there at exactly that time, right? <laughs> no, they were there at 630. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I went to this all the time. My dad was, uh, you know, uh, one of the high high ups in the soccer community here in Chicago. And so, you know, he always had dra- dragged me along. And one year, the, the featured speaker was Jack Brickhouse. Mm-hmm. And it, I had just started college. I think I was a freshman. Um, and I had just gotten the bug to do radio. You know, I was working at WPGU. I don't think you and I had met each other yet. Maybe we had just met, but, you know, it was freshman year. And my dad really wanted to help me get a job, but he had no connections in in any media fields mm-hmm. at all or mm-hmm. really any field that I would be interested in. <laughs> And if I needed a tool and die job, he could have helped yeah, me right. out. You know, if I, if engineer, I, right? Right. The government job, he could have helped me. <laughs> but the one thing that he could not help me with was broadcasting. And so my dad is this t- type of guy. He went right up to Jack Brickhouse <laughs> right after he did his speech, he was sitting at the table, and he dragged me along. And he said, Jack, I want you to meet my boy. He wants to go into broadcasting. Yeah. Like, uh, hi, Mr. Brickhouse. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you say after that? Like, and he gave you a three-year contract on WGN. <laughs> and Jack says, well, if I were you, I'd go into a different field. <laughs> yeah, Which right. he was correct. Yeah. Right. Um, but that was my Jack Brickhouse story. I mean, I was like a 30-second uh, meeting with him, but I was just mortified. I was so <laughs> embarrassed. And then I met him a couple of times in my radio career years later. And one time he was on uh, with uh, Landecker, and I had him on the phone. And I explained that story to him and reminded him of it. And I said, do you, do you have any memory of that? He goes, kid, I don't even remember doing a German <laughs> soccer banquet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, he did one German banquet and he can't remember it. You do a hundred and you've remembered every one of them, I bet. Right. <laughs> Would you like to know what happened in the 1968? One? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tell yeah. me the Ukeshnak for yeah. Shaka. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Wolf won the, uh, won the MVP that year. What other great speakers did you have at these things? Oh, we had like German, you know, national soccer coaches. Uh, Helmut Schoen was there. Uh, You know, Sepp Herberger himself showed up a couple of times. Uwe Saylor. You know, these are big German soccer stars. And then occasionally there were local local guys like Cup, I think, did it one year. Um, And Jack Brickhouse. Pato Marchetic. No, he's Argentinian. Please. Uh, Dieter Ferner. Uh, no, I don't think so. Did we have any? St- I think Karl Heinz Grenitzer did it once before he fled the country and said, <laughs> right, right. And he's still he's still at large. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> In fact, the Green White Soccer Club was the last time he was seen. By the way, September or Soktoberfest is this weekend. Are you going to come out? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, all we're, day we're on Saturday, starting at 10 in the morning and going all the way until midnight, we have a beer truck out there. We've got soccer games. We've got uh, Vorscht and sauerkraut and Kartoffelsalat. Um, do, do you people eat vegetables? No. Yeah. No. Germans do not eat vegetables, do they? No. They don't taste good. If you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. You can also email us at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Twitter uh, at MinutiaMen. And if you retweet us. Contest. 
possible yep. prize package coming your way. Don't forget. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lozano from Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Man. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? 